A marvelous Monday to each of you, and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. The Grizzlies, after what hopefully was a great holiday weekend for all of us, the Grizzlies got an an unfortunately reminder of getting back to reality the day after Christmas as an unexpected, you know, COVID interruption on the Grizzlies roster left them shorthanded. How the Grizzlies were able to overcome that against the Kings with a historic second half, how the Grizzlies might be able to overcome being shorthanded over the next few days, and how they need to get focused on what's going to be a very tough stretch to end 2021 and start 2022 when it comes to their schedule. That and much more on this edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Let's get it going. You are Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having an outstanding start to your day. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you're having a great start to your day because, hey, we're here to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. And, of course, the Grizzlies having now played 33 games, excuse me, 34 games into their season. We're more than a third of the way into the season, so plenty to talk about. You can find the show at Locked on Grizz, my stuff actually at Stats SEC, the podcast wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, that's where we will be. And of course, we want to remind you, when it comes to the podcast itself, make sure you listen, review, subscribe. We always want to provide content that is relevant to our listeners' preferences. Obviously, can't thank you enough for joining us. Hope everybody had a great holiday weekend making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. So, of course, the Grizzlies getting a bit of rest over the week leading up to the holiday season. I believe that they played one game basically in five days. That, of course, was against the hard-fought game against the Warriors. It didn't work out. You don't do that. You're not going to win many games, as I mentioned on yesterday's episode. When you're going against Steph Curry, you allow for him to score 46 points. You allow for the Warriors to go 19 out of 40. The Grizzlies just did not have their best effort in play. So they made the game competitive. Their defense was not at their best, and it wound up not allowing for them to get a win. So the Grizzlies were coming into yesterday's game against the Kings with a three-game losing streak, a three-game losing skid going on. And then, unfortunately, the Grizzlies, who have had several occurrences over the past few weeks where they unexpectedly have had the statuses of key players who have been impacted just hours before the game, it happened again yesterday. The Grizzlies learning that though they had done pretty well, kind of circumventing the impact of, you know, these COVID health and safety protocols entries that, you know, a lot of other teams have been ravaged by. Unfortunately, the Grizzlies got their first significant hit from the impact of COVID as it was announced at Eve Ponds, Dylan Brooks, Andy Anthony Melton, Dylan Brooks for the second time this season were entering health and safety protocols. Now, of course, as worked out with Dylan, it could work out to where, you know, if these players were to test negatively twice within a 24-hour period, they could only lose, they could only be unavailable for one game. Of course, that's probably going to be highly unlikely with the Grizzlies playing tonight against the Phoenix Suns on the second game of a back-to-back. And of course, the Grizzlies already had Zaire Williams, who was already out with an injury in health and safety protocols. They also had Jarrett Culver there as well, along with Santi Aldama and Sam Merrill out 
due to injuries. John Morant, is, and like I mentioned, Dylan Brooks earlier this year, had already been in health and safety protocols. So the Grizzlies had had their experiences with health and safety protocols, but nothing is significant. Mainly either health and safety protocols had impacted Grizzlies who were already injured, or in the case of Dylan Brooks, he was only able to he only had to miss one game due to testing negatively. But this time around, it does look like that the Grizzlies may be without DeAnthony Melton and Dylan Brooks for you know a, a few games at the very least. And so it was an unfortunate turn of events because it left the Grizzlies shorthanded. It made it to where, and also you saw the Kings, who have been one of the teams that have been impacted the most by COVID, they actually were able to get Marvin Bagley and De'Aaron Fox, among others, back. So when it comes to the roster availability of significant talents, it was a big shift for the Grizzlies in a less than ideal way as a negative for them and a positive for the Kings than what the status of both teams look like to start yesterday morning. So the Grizzlies come into this game and due to having to shuffle some roster pieces, being without Brooks, being without Melton and others, John Conchar actually got his first start of his career. Well-deserved non for how much effort and energy and just overall consistency he shows when he's on the court with his productivity. But the Grizzlies were going to start John Morant, Desmond Bain, John Conchar, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Steven Adams. And in the first half of the game, you certainly could see that the Grizzlies were a bit out of sorts. John Morant was not able to find his shot. Jaron Jackson Jr. was not able to hit, you know, from three. Desmond Bain was hitting a few of his shots on the outside. And overall, the Grizzlies were able to get some good looks from Kyle Anderson off the bench and, and just the overall lineup itself. The Grizzlies, though the shots weren't falling, getting to the free throw line, getting extra efforts, those type of the offensive rebounds, those allow those things allow for the Grizzlies to be down just 50 to 49 at halftime. But then, as we've seen in the past, more often than we've seen this year, halftime adjustments were made. But this time, it was both offensively and defensively. The Grizzlies came out. All systems go in the third quarter. 33 points scored within the first eight minutes of the second half. And the Grizzlies wound up going from being down one, 50 to 49 at halftime, to winning the game 127 to 102. 77 second half points. That was, this is only the fifth time in franchise history that the Grizzlies have been able to score 77 or more points in a half. The last time they did it, was when they were able to set the record for the biggest victory margin in NBA history against the Thunder earlier this month. But an outstanding performance. But the thing about it is this, is that Desmond Bain stood out. 28 points, four threes. Once again, just like he's done all month, being a consistent source of 20-plus points, four-plus threes, single-handedly being the threat that the Grizzlies need to balance their offense from the outside. But the resourcefulness of this team both in terms of its depth as a roster, but the depth of individuals as well is what also stood out. For one, Jaron Jackson Jr., one of eight from three. As was mentioned on Twitter, I believe Nathan Chester of Grizzly Bear Blues mentioned it over his past 10 games. Jaron Jackson Jr. is shooting less than 30% from three. The threes are not falling. But the big key is, is that the Jaron that we're seeing now versus the Jaron that we saw in the past, this Jaron, can remain relevant and resourceful because of his ability to get into the lane, because of his key ability to be able to get to the line, his ability to be able to trust his body and get good looks from 
inside the lane, inside the arc, what have you, to balance out. So if that three-point shot's not falling, Jaron can still be a threat to score, especially last night when he set a career high for free throw efforts. Steven Adams, though it doesn't show in the box score, six assists, a season high for him. Eight rebounds, 10 points, a plus 31. He was productive in the lane on offense, either getting good looks, getting offensive rebounds, or setting team teammates up, or on defense, was making it very hard for the Kings to be able to find good looks themselves from inside the lane. So though it may not show up in the counting statistics, the impact of Steven Adams on both ends of the court certainly showed up as well. The bench stood out. And a, and a hat tip, a, a very astute call by Taylor Jenkins in starting Conchar while keeping Kyle Anderson on the bench to go along with Tyus Jones and a returning Brandon Clark. By starting John Conchar, uh, uh, Taylor Jenkins was able to keep his bench the stronger unit between the Grizzlies and the Kings and the bench minutes really helped the Grizzlies stay afloat in that first half and really gave them a boost to extend the lead in the late third quarter into the early fourth quarter. Kyle Anderson had 14 points. Um, uh, uh, Brandon Clark had 14 points. The bench overall did a great job, and a reason why was because the trio of Tyus, Kyle Anderson, and Brandon Clark was just a trio that the Kings could not match at all off their bench. But... Perhaps the game ball, if you will, goes to John Conchar. In his first game as a starter, John Conchar has 11 points, 14 rebounds, two steals, three assists, and two blocks. Again, showing his ability to fill up the stat sheet because of his energy, his activity, just his overall ability to impact the game in many ways beyond scoring. But the key aspect to understand about it is this. This is why John Conchar actually worked to support the Grizzlies starting unit. It's his overall ability to rebound. John Conchar grabbing 14 rebounds in expanded minutes should not surprise anyone. He has been, over the past two years, ever since basically he entered the league as a rookie in the 1920 season, John Conchar has been one of the best rebounding guards in the NBA. And last night it showed. It shows nearly every time he's on the court. So his abilities to support the Grizzlies starting duos of John Bain in the backcourt and Jaron and Steven Adams in the frontcourt, it really stood out. And at the end of the day, the reason why it stood out, the Grizzlies had 19 more shots than the Kings. They had 36 more um, points in the paint. They had 19 offensive rebounds and they scored 35 second chance points. Without Melton and without Brooks, who are going to be key, who obviously impact the defense, but also are good three-point threats, these are going to have to be the keys for the Grizzlies to be able to win games over the next week. I'll discuss that in just a moment. But of course, I want to remind you when it comes overall to your daily routine. And, and you know, for one of the title sponsors for Locked On Grizzlies is, is Truebill. Truebill is the opportunity for you to be able during this holiday season, you probably want to try different free trials that, that look nice. You know, you want to try things out without having to commit to pay for them. Well, Truebill is a great way to do that because it allows for you to be able to hold your subscriptions in one place, but get updated when free trials end and you're potentially about to get charged so you don't have to pay unwanted fees. Just go to Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA and check it out. It can save you on average of $720 a year just by using Truebill. And it's not just to keep up with those free trials. It's a general awesome way for you to keep up with your subscriptions at a whole. as a whole. Check out Truebill.com today to be able to keep all your subscriptions in place. 
Week 16 of the NFL season is almost over. Several teams had important victories or at the very least important results to their playoff chances. For instance, only one AFC team right now is in the playoffs, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. But say you're a Titans fan and you want to check out the latest with Tyler Rowland of Locked on Titans, or perhaps before their game tonight, the latest with the New Orleans Saints with Locked on Saints host Ross Jackson. So many different great hosts you can check out on the Locked on NFL podcast. After making Locked on Grizzlies your first listen of the day, check out the Locked on NFL podcast of your choice for the latest on the stretch run to the playoffs for your favorite NFL team. So as I mentioned, Dylan Brooks and DeAnthony Melton, their absences certainly is a less than ideal development for the Grizzlies. And it's not just, it's on both ends of the court, right? You're talking about a total of over, uh, probably I believe it was around 25 shots per game between Dylan Brooks and DeAnthony Melton. Over 10 three-point shots per game, usually, between Dylan Brooks and DeAnthony Melton. And then, obviously, your most important defensive piece, with how much the impact of Dylan being on the court has improved the defense this year, plus your most active or most consistent source of turnovers in DeAnthony Melton. If there's a guy on this team who can take over a game defensively on the perimeter, it's DeAnthony Melton with his ability to create steals. So you've got two very, very critical components to what have made the Grizzlies so successful this month, especially without John Morant. Well, now, unfortunately, you're going to be without them, at least probably for the next week, probably through the new year, unless, again, they test negative twice in a 24-hour period. So if that occurs, if that's the case, the Grizzlies are going to have to make up for their absence by relying on a few players in expanded roles once again. And this namely is John Conchar, obviously, who started yesterday and obviously had great initial results, but also the the uh, the low post duo of Xavier Tillman and Killian Tilly once again working on the perimeter. Their ability to, both of them as bigs, to defend the perimeter is certainly going to be a great asset when you mix in the bench and starting lineups together to be able to, you know, manage minutes for your players. But those guys are really going to have to step up into bigger roles. But for me, the key for the Grizzlies is simply this. With the Anthony Melton and Dylan Brooks out, you've taken a big hit on your perimeter. So with the depth of this Grizzlies team, their focus should be on featuring the strength of their size. That's absolutely correct. That is what made the difference in yesterday's game against the Kings. Once again, 19 offensive rebounds. 35 second chance points. They were able to get 72 points in the paint. And even with Jaron Jackson Jr. struggling from three, overall the Grizzlies shot nine of 30 from three. If the Grizzlies are not going to be able to make their threes on a consistent basis, they have got to pound the paint and be able to make the most of that. Because right now, that is simply the Grizzlies playing at their best. You've already got one of the best paint scores in the league in John Moran. You've got an improved Jaron Jackson Jr., of getting into the paint. Steven Adams has become more reliable on turning his second chance points or his second chance rebounds into points and has become a more resourceful passing option down low for baskets. And you can support the efforts of those three guys in the starting lineup with the shooting of Desmond Bain from the outside. That's simply going to have to be the formula that the Grizzlies look to do. Now, you'd love to rely on Desmond Bain to score 25 points a game. That's certainly would help things out. But if he's not able to do that, hopefully Jaron's able to find his shot from three. Maybe Jaw finds a few shots from three. You've got to have at least one other person supporting Bain, game in and game out, to really achieve your offensive balance. But at the very least, 
The Grizzlies have got to be able to be successful on the boards, and they've got to be able to dominate the paint with their ability to score. But the other key thing is, is that if, if John Conchar were to continue to start, and again, his overall outside, outside the ability to score impact on the game is a great source of support for Ja, Desmond, and Jaron, because with him and Steven Adams, the Grizzlies and John Conchar and Steven Adams, they have elite rebounding sources that are very, very good at creating that possession edge. That's going to be the key. It's not just for the Grizzlies to find success in the paint with Dylan and Melton and others being out. It's also them creating that possession edge. That's going through getting offensive rebounds. That's through their defensive activity of creating turnovers, but also limiting offensive rebounds on the defensive end. And when you have the combination of Steven Adams and John Conchar on the court together, that is two very good rebounding sources that give the Grizzlies a distinct advantage of limiting the possessions of their opponents while also improving their own possessions. Now, the quality on offense or defense per possession may go down a bit with Conchar in instead of Melton or, or, or Dylan Brooks or whatever combination you have you, but the quantity is going to improve. You're going to get more possessions in your favor. You're going to get a higher number of possessions, a possession advantage over your opponent more than likely when John Conchar and Steven Adams are supporting Ja, Desmond, and Jaron. And that's what the Grizzlies need right now because with their struggles that they've had shooting the basketball recently, the way that they're going to beat teams is to have a significant number of chances more than their opponents per game. But the other big thing is, is that if you've got John Conchar in that starting lineup, you then can again focus on producing in the paint with the size the Grizzlies have on their um bench. Now playing Tilly and Tillman and Brandon Clark and, and Kyle Anderson. That's four players who are 6'8", 6'9", or taller that you're relying on to be able to defend as well as rebound as well as produce in the paint. It just simply with the size that the Grizzlies have right now, where John Morant, Tyus Jones and Desmond Bain. If you want to count John Conchar, those are mainly your guards. The rest of the the rest of the rotation right now is more bigs than they are wings or guards. You've got to play to your strengths, and that is the ability for this Grizzlies team to produce in the paint. It's the ability for this Grizzlies team to rebound, and it's the ability for this Grizzlies team to limit the possession of its oppositions, so the Grizzlies can consistently get that possession edge and win games as they put on display last night. But the other big thing is that will really help out is that the one thing that also stands out is that the Grizzlies have not had that many games as of late where they've got 29, 30, 31 assists. Last night they had 33 assists. If they can couple the, their ability to be able to produce in the paint, as, as I mentioned before, producing in the paint, good passes to find opportunities, and then if you can produce in the paint and make the defense force the defense to have to pay attention to what the Grizzlies are doing in the paint, that should be able to open up some outside shots. And even if you're not shooting the three at an elite percentage, you're at least making enough threes to balance out the offense, to be able to have counters to whatever the defense throws at you. So the Grizzlies still, even without Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, or excuse me, with DeAnthony Melton, uh, Dylan Brooks, and others unavailable at the moment, this Grizzlies team, with the depth that everybody across the league and everybody here in Memphis always talks about, the Grizzlies still have the capability of being able 
to find ways to win through their size, through their paint production, through their passing, and through their defense overall, especially when it comes to guarding the paint. But the Grizzlies are going to have to find a way to balance out the offense consistently, and hopefully that's someone stepping up to support Desmond Bain when it comes to shooting from three. The Grizzlies are especially going to need that tonight as they're going into the second game of a back-to-back -back against the Phoenix Suns, who just played on Christmas Day and lost to the Golden State Warriors. So the Suns are absolutely already being one of the better teams in basketball. They're going to absolutely be motivated as one team can, as much as one team can be to get back on the right track against the Grizzlies. But there could be a way for Memphis to be able to make the game competitive and maybe even create a chance to win. I'll discuss that in just a moment. But before we do that, you know, I'll tell you this, obviously, we're going in from 2021 into 2022, but one th but some things just remain the same because they're in the best form they can be already, and that's Built Bar. Bill Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Having the morning for breakfast, having in the afternoon as a snack. Great source of health, great source of taste, great source of energy. If you go to Bill.com right now, you get over 18 different flavors you can choose from. And if you put in the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your next order from Bill Bar. I know we may all have a New Year's resolution, but the New Year's resolution for Bill Bar is just to stay as awesome as it has been for, for the now years that we've discussed it here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Again, check out Built.com right now. Choose from over 18 different flavors for whatever Built Bar flavor you like. And then go to Built.com and also put in that promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. On tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, we'll certainly discuss the overall the, the Grizzlies game against the Phoenix Suns and how they have been looking against some of the better teams in the NBA for the calendar year of 2021. Plus, we'll also look at the week ahead for the Grizzlies as they really get into a tough stretch of games going to end 2021 and beginning 2022. That and much more on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. But of course, the Phoenix Suns are also a team that have been impacted by COVID. It was announced, I believe, yesterday that for the Suns, Jay Crowder and Frank Kaminsky also entered health and safety protocols. So the so the Suns, like the Grizzlies, they have seen some significant members of their rotation who were going to be unavailable due to health and safety protocols. But of course, at the end of the day, the Suns featuring Mikel Bridges, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. There's a reason why they are one of the best teams in the league because that's one of the best quartets that's out there in terms of both defense and offense. And that's what stands out about this Suns team. It's their balance. You're not going to have an easy way to be able to beat the Suns. They defend the two, they defend within the arc well, they defend the three well, they do a very good job of finding their own shots. They're a team that's going to be able to match the Grizzlies in terms of being able to find success from within the arc. But there is an opportunity where the Grizzlies could potentially find a way to be successful. And that is playing to their strengths. If there is an area where the Suns may struggle a bit, where the Suns could potentially leave the door cracked open a bit for teams to be able to come in and make things competitive against them, it's an offensive rebounding. The Suns are 22nd in the league in terms of offensive rebounds allowed to opponents per year. And we know, obviously, the Grizzlies with Steven Adams are among the league's best. The Suns also are either average to below average when it comes to allowing points in the paint by opponents, fast break points by opponents, and second chance overall points by opponents. So the Grizzlies' ability to create advantages on the hustle and in the paint, those things are going to be ways they can make the most against this Suns team, you know, if they're crisp tonight. But that's the other big thing that stands out. 
the Grizzlies are going to have to be crisp in all in all facets of the game. They're going to have to combine their ability to create advantages on the run and in the paint, along with overall consistently finding the right shot. That's what stands out for tonight's game against the Suns. The Grizzlies are going to have to couple with what they've been doing well, which again is producing in the paint, on the hustle, creating turnovers. They're going to need to do all those things to some extent. But it is going to be critical that the Grizzlies also use their good ball movement to be able to find high percentage looks and be able to actually convert those high percentage looks, both from two and and then hopefully that'll open up the three for Desmond Bain and a few other people to stand up to make some key threes along the way. But beyond the Grizzlies, doing what they do best on the hustle and on the run, and also really putting a high emphasis on consistently finding a high percentage shot per position, another key aspect is the Grizzlies are going to have to win the non-starter minutes. Now, the Suns bench, certainly still, remains a very, very good bench, even without Jay Crowder, Frank, Frank Kaminsky, and others. But the Grizzlies can, with their players that they have, making an impact defensively and offensively. But more than anything, Kyle Anderson, Brandon Clark, and Tyus Jones, the efficiency of those three players, if the Grizzlies can figure out how to make the most of the bench minutes when those three players are on the court, when the starters are off the court, the Grizzlies should be able to find some success. Because the key for the Grizzlies is, is that this now, the reason why this Kings win was so important was because after this game against the Suns, The Grizzlies are going to have a game against the Lakers on Wednesday, and they're going to face the Spurs, who have been playing better than people expected, on Friday. And then after that, that ends the 2021 calendar year. The Grizzlies will have the weekend off, but next Monday, a week from now, on Monday, January 3rd, the Grizzlies go on the road to face the Nets and the Cavaliers. So we've got a five-game stretch where the Grizzlies, especially without Dylan Brooks and DeAnthony Melton, they're going to be playing teams that are either at their level or or more talented than them, which is going to be a bit of a contrast from what the Grizzlies have been used to playing through the month of December. You know, Taylor Jenkins alluded to it, that once we got past Christmas, the schedule was going to pick up a bit. And with the Suns, and then the Lakers, and then the Spurs, and then following a weekend break, you've got the Nets and the Cavaliers on the road, two of the best teams in the East, things don't get much easier for the Grizzlies. They're now at 20 and 14. If they can figure out a way over their next six games to at least get multiple wins, maybe two and four, maybe three and three, if they could do that or better, the Grizzlies have to be very, very happy with where they stand entering 2022. Hopefully, they'll be able to get the job done and we'll be able to see this team step up once again despite being without some of its most important players. We'll look forward to talking with you after the game tonight against the Suns. It should be a competitive matchup. Though the Grizzlies may be a bit shorthanded and they may be the underdog, resiliency has always been the key to this team's success. We'll see what they can do. Until next time, we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Go Grizzlies. We'll talk to you tomorrow.